One. Welcome to From the Valley Podcast. This is episode 22. Uh, this is um, another Friday afternoon podcast and uh, it's an interesting podcast and I've wanted to get uh, this this uh, character on for quite some time I guess and uh, finally he's got an opening in his schedule on a Friday. Um, there's a bit of a story. It's uh, Welcome along Kevin Gammy anyway. Welcome along. Thanks Tim. Thanks for inviting me along. Yeah, so how Kevin and I know myself, um, we've known each other for quite a number of years. We first met back in the year 2000, actually. Um, and oddly enough, uh, confidential tax and business services, listeners will know that's obviously uh, where I work. Uh, but oddly enough, that's where I got the job back in May 2000. And, and it was Kevin Gammy's recruiting firm, ABT Recruitment, that actually lined up the position, actually did the headhunting and uh, and I'm still I'm still with confidential tax and business services. So what a great what a great placement that one was. It's a very good placement. <laughs> they certainly they made uh, made a very good choice. Confidential tax and business. Yes, services. they did. Absolutely, uh, indeed. And then the the, the other odd thing uh, with Kevin, uh, obviously run into Kevin because Brisbane is such a small place. We talk about this quite often. Uh, we've got two degrees of separation. Everybody seems to know everybody once you sort of get around and, and do a bit of networking in Brisbane. It's not hard to run into the same people uh, over and over again. Um, I would have ran into Kevin about seven or eight years ago at uh, a Terry Cooper event, for example, a networking event where we were at the same table. Um, But not too long. And then in 2015, uh, early 2015, uh, myself and my wife were moving house. We moved from uh, Stafford to to Windsor. And uh, what happened there was, uh, unbeknownst to me, I didn't realise this for, uh, I think, two or three months, but... uh, Kevin was actually a neighbour two doors down, um, which is quite interesting That because we obviously run into each other so much over the years and we've actually, uh, Kevin had, had been to the confidential tax uh, and business services premises here in Kedron uh, prior, to, prior to that. So uh, we're always keeping in touch. So that was just a, a stroke of genius. But then we, I, must, I must have sort of given you the wrong impression because six months later you guys had moved out. Look, it, I'm not going to say that you know, it was, you know, the street wasn't big enough for both of us, but hey, you know, we we went closer to the horses, that's all. Yeah, and I know you love your horses. We may talk about that later on in the, in the podcast if we get time. Um, okay, what we sort of like to, how we like to start these podcasts off, Kevin, is uh, provide the listeners a bit of an early background just so we know where you actually come from. So what uh, town were you born in and, uh, and what did your sort of parents do for a living and stuff like that? Cool. Look, this is actually going to explain a whole lot about me. I was born down in Sutherland Shire in Sydney, so this is why I'm a dedicated, lifelong Sharks fan. You know, I can't understand why the NRL picks on them and all that sort of stuff. But it is because, you know, it was born down that way and they were they were our team. You know, at the stage, Southern Shire was so far away from Sydney back then that, you know, it was almost, a, it felt like a day trip and that was like the big lights of, of Sydney to go in there, which is really quite interesting. Had quite a normal upbringing, just regular, regular family. There were four kids. I was the youngest. You know, my very first job, I was a paper boy. Um, you know, so really interesting uh, how life goes around. You know, when I left school, I became an accountant. So just like you, uh, not very much like you, I was a commercial accountant. I went and worked for IBM back when IBM was a really big company, and that was that was an exciting, uh, an exciting opportunity. So that uh, uh, so the paperboy job. How long did you have that for, Kev? Gee, I had that for about uh, two and a half years, and then I was old enough to get a real job because back then, as a paper boy, you're kind of a little contractor, and you just go and sell papers and get a, get paid a commission. So I was actually getting paid a commission in my very first job, which was really interesting. Um, you know, then I went and sold shoes after school. So um, yeah, I went down to the local shoe shop, and uh, you know, I was stacking shelves and doing all that. But if they were short-staffed, I'd go out the front and I'd be selling shoes to old ladies. So it was really quite a fun, a fun job. And then I went off and, and got my job at IBM. So I did that one for about two years yeah, as well. So with your, did you go to university at all uh, in did. those early days? Yeah. I studied. I studied. I studied accounting at mm-hmm. uh, at, at UTS, uh, the University of Technology Sydney, um, on a part-time basis, and I did that at night while I was working for IBM and a few other companies along the way so it was it was uh, quite an interesting way of doing it I wouldn't recommend part-time study to anyone no no it takes a, <laughs> makes a study take a lot longer we've seen that uh, you see that over the years I guess um, Absolutely. as well so um, so how long were you sort of doing that particular job with IBM for that was 
So I was with IBM for about three and a half years. It was my very first, I was, in a, I was, a, I was a cadet yep. in, uh, at IBM. And they move around different departments. So I worked in their, their accounts department and started out doing accounts payable. And then I went down into their planning department and I was helping them, uh, you know, with appropriation requests and a whole lot of accounting stuff. Then I moved down into the accounting team and was doing some work uh, in supplies and making sure of their inventory and all that sort of stuff. And you know, and uh, and eventually left IBM uh, and went and worked for Unilever. Um, you know, I had a number of accounting jobs. Each company got a little bit smaller. Strangely enough, Unilever was smaller than IBM back then. Um, you know, eventually I went. Uh, I went and worked for Welcome Pharmaceuticals, who are now part of uh, Smith, Klein, Beecham, or whoever. You know, the Codwell, Cold and Flu guys. Um, that was a really interesting job. I was the a budget accountant, and I was flat out for six weeks of a quarter. And I had the other six weeks of the quarter. I was kind of twiddling my thumbs, wondering what to do, and they'd find me different miscellaneous projects. Um, but you know, it, it helped me understand a whole lot more about business. You know, I eventually left accounting and, and went into recruitment, as you know. So, um, when, so what to you was it when you first uh, moved to Brisbane? I was I was in recruitment when I went to when I joined recruitment. I actually joined Adia, who became a Deco, mm, uh, and I was in their I was in their accounting brand. Um, and actually set up their accounting business here in in Brisbane. First, it was uh, called Adir Accountancy Staff. We became accountants on call, and then they changed it to Jonathan Wren. And I got sick and tired of them changing the name of the part, the the group that I was with, and causing confusion in the marketplace and making it too hard. So I set up my own business. Mm. Uh, that was back in 1999. So that's when mm. I actually set up. So uh, that's oddly enough, was about only the year before we met. Um, was when you set um, ABT recruitment up so yeah. uh, accounting so why uh, obviously you had a bit of a background in that industry so you knew the industry reasonably well you, ha- you had the outgoing uh, engaging sort of personality to be able to sort of dwell and uh, you know you could you could sort of get something out of the candidates and I guess talk to them on a level that was sort of um, an evenness level to a degree. Yeah, a little bit more human than a lot of recruiters do is what I, you know, I, I just try to talk to people as people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a simple thing. I try and find out, you know, what were their, you know, I didn't realise I was doing it at the time, but I was trying to find out what their life goals were. You know, one of my favourite questions was say, hey, you're sitting on the porch, you know, you're, you're a grandparent, you're talking to your grandkids, you know, what was that last job you just had? You know, so to try and get an appreciation of where the candidate was wanted their career to go and making sure that the candidate didn't feel that that was being judged in any way. Mm. And so it was just a way to get, you know, a bit of banter starting and happening. It got the candidates nice and relaxed. And then we could start finding out, you know, what they were really after in, in terms of uh, looking what they were looking for in a job and in a company and the career that they were looking for. Mm. And did you find that fairly came fairly naturally uh, being a good recruiter or was that something you think you had to really work at uh, to, be, to be able to master? Did you... Did you feel comfortable doing running a business with a few rec- other recruiters working with you and that sort of thing? Not at all. Uh, <laughs> the, the whole process. I've, I've got to say, it, it, it. My entire career, I, I've got to confess, I've had a little bit of imposter syndrome the entire way through, and you kind of felt, you know, hey, when are they going to work it out? Um, you know, when when someone going to come knocking at my door? And whether it was, you know, as I was starting my own business. Uh, as an accounting recruiter and hiring staff and and training them, you know, I was basically kind of running away from the corporate life. I uh, didn't want I didn't want that, and and you know, and starting my own small business and just wanted to be fun and you know and, and make a bit of money as we as we're going along the way. And so mm. and over over time, as you know, Tim, the team grew and grew and grew. And at one stage, we had fifteen odd staff. Fifteen, really, uh, not that big. Okay. Yeah, so we, we got that large right before the GFC, and that fixed oh. having fifteen staff. That stopped my growth, um, so you know, and and caused a whole lot of challenges. And you know, when the GFC hit, we we had offices in the middle of Queen Street Mall. Uh, we had fifteen staff. We had, um, you know. Did you have a lease? Probably had long-term leases. Or? We had a long-term lease. We'd only the year before signed a six-year lease, Jeez, yeah. and uh, and that was costing us uh, sixteen grand a month. It was costing us two hundred thousand so dollars a year. Yeah. Did you get? How did you get out of lease uh, in the in the end? Did you, was that we didn't. No. And that was the problem. So, um, in fact, we'd we'd had we'd had the lease for a few years before the GFC hit, um, but 
what we ended up having to do was subletting a whole lot of the office because mm. we with the GFC, GFC and recruitment companies aren't great friends. When people are when people are trying to shed staff, they're not really looking to pay someone to hire anyone, and so uh, it caused a whole lot of challenges. When that happened, the world didn't know how to react to a GFC. Everyone thought, oh, there's going to be a bounce, and so we tried to hold on for staff for way too long. In the end, we had to let you know. That we had to let all of the staff go, and there was just myself and one other person uh, left in the business, um, and we had to work our way out of it. We sublet the whole, most of the office, mm. but that still that's, left that's us a with a sixty-five thousand dollar a year rent bill for a really small, tiny little office because people, yeah. we couldn't really rent it out any better. But anyway, that's that's a whole long story yeah. that we can get into another day. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. So <laughs> obviously, um, it certainly tested you, and what. I guess, uh, but it wasn't at that point of the time you got out of recruitment. Obviously, it took a few more years, I think. To, yeah, it to, took a couple more years. So eventually, we did get out of that space, and yeah, and it, the GFC changed how people uh, were using recruiters. I didn't really like it, and I didn't have a better solution. And at the end of the day, I was just going in really frustrated. Mm. And I've always been someone that believes that you should love what you do. Yeah, and I was getting to not to really not loving what I was doing mm. and feeling it. I'm feeling like an absolute uh, ball and chain hanging around my leg. And so I decided that, hey, I had to get out. So I sold the business. We had at that stage uh, regrown the business to having you know close to a million dollar turnover. Yep. And I sold the business off to my business partner. Yeah. Uh, and 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 exited the business. It, I did do it in a transition rather than just on a, you know, one day I'm here, one day I'm not. Um, but in the end, it was absolutely the right decision to get out of recruitment. It just wasn't the right place, and I didn't have the right headspace for it at that particular no, time. Fair enough. Obviously, yeah. you go through different uh, phases in your life, and people can stay, you know, for certain amounts of time. So sometimes, it, um, as I was talking to Jeff Cumnick earlier, um, been working for Morgan's for thirty years. Yeah, it's a long time to work for one place. I've been here for nineteen years, and yeah, it's it's. You know, you're obviously in that business for more than 11 or 12 years. Well, it was so. 15 years that I'd had ABT years. recruitment. I'd yeah. been in recruitment for 20 years at the time. Yeah. And and it was yeah, you know, it was it was time for something different. Definitely. And, and you, so and how long after you left? How long did the concept sort of come together for the Brisbane Small Business Facebook page and how successful that is now is now? We will talk about that. But yeah. what? How did the idea come about? And uh, and obviously it's it's something you you must be pretty happy and proud about. Oh, something I'm excep- exceptionally proud about on a whole number of different levels. Um, the concept of business small business, how it came about was I'd moved into the business consulting and coaching side of things, um, and I was it was probably about uh, a year or so into into doing that, and I was looking for you know how could I get engagement with more small business owners. Um, and I came up with, you know, hey, why not use Facebook and let's let's start creating a group. I, I didn't, I don't know why I didn't just join other groups and I did join a few other groups. I didn't like exactly how they were run and decided that I wanted to have one that was run that was a little bit different, that was really focused on creating and building relationships and supporting each other. You know, when I left recruitment, the part that I didn't tell you was that I was absolutely broken at the time and I'd, I'd called... Uh, yeah, a coach at the time who had been a recruiter before I'd known for years and years and years and uh, we'd organised to have a chat and I can remember as clear as it is today standing on Water Street down in Fortitude Valley it was about as hot as it is today it was about 35 degrees I was standing in the sun and I was having a chat with him and I was actually on interview I didn't realise it at the time and he said so why do you think that you know I could help you and I said I've got to be honest with you mate I think that the recruitment model's broken I really don't you know I, the fact that recruiters are only paid a commission on a successful outcome and that their clients are sharing jobs to five, six, seven different agencies, you know, it makes it a race and it really doesn't, I believe, get the best result. I think that model's broken. You know, I even think that my... That, that my partnership model was broken with the fact that my uh, partner at the time, my business partner at the time, had, had just had a newborn baby and, you know, hey, we're post-GFC and we're having to work our butts off to, you know, even break even and try and pay back the government what we owed and all that sort of stuff. And 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 this whole... He, he was dedicated to his family, which, you know, is not an unreasonable thing, but it meant that I was putting in huge hours 
and he was not, and yet we're taking home 50-50 because it was the only way that we could kind of keep our head above water. I said, that's broken. And, mate, I've got to be honest, I feel I'm broken, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, and I really was. I was just a shell of my former mm. self, and, and I was, you know, which was probably not a bad thing in some senses, but, but I really did, you know, I rich, literally just didn't know what to do. And he said, no, absolutely, I'd love to help you. And so then, you know, over a period of time, he started rebuilding my confidence in myself and, and what I was doing. And I could see how he was helping me. And I actually, for the first time, about three months in, that's when I realized that the company that I'd created wasn't me. Up until then, I felt like I was Mr. ABT and that the company and me were kind of one and the same and we couldn't get a divorce. And uh, I realized one day, I just woke up one day and went, hey, you know, I'm not the business. Mm. And it's not me. You know, we can separate. Yeah. And that's so, right. yeah. uh, and that's how I got out of recruitment. And this is partly why I started Brisbane Small Business. It does go back to that story because I really believe that small business shouldn't be lonely. And at that stage, I felt I had no one to talk to. And that's why I created Brisbane Small Business so that people, small businesses, can got share their stories. It's certainly done very well, but it's got a, a great traction. Uh, how many people are members of the site? We've got nearly 6,000 members. Uh, what I'm most proud of, though, is that with having nearly 6,000 members, in a typical month, about 80% of them come in uh, come in and look and see what's there for them. Now, that alone is pretty cool, but what's even cooler is about 25% of them come in every single day, mm. right? It's not the same 25%, of course, but, <laughs> it's, but, but, still, it's but still on a typical day, we've more, got yeah. about 1,500 to 1,750 yeah. people coming mm. in and yeah. having a look at what's going on. So that's when I know that I'm offering something really, really cool there. Yeah, definitely. It is. It is cool what you've done. I mean, uh, we can you can obviously talk about uh, whatever you want with the Brisbane Small Business uh, Facebook page because it's it's uh, revolutionary. There's nothing really like it in Brisbane. Um, have you sort of seen, I guess, other copycats uh, to this, or have you seen anything that's sort of been copycatted in other? let's say, other places of Australia? Yeah, look, there has been. Quite interesting. I was I was talking to uh, some people about doing some live networking a, a little while ago, and uh, and I said, look, you know, what I'd love to do, I'd love to add live networking to what we're doing in Brisbane Small Business. We hadn't gained traction in that, in that field, and we still haven't. Uh, and I said, what I'd love to do is to add a little bit of your model to what I'm doing here. And the conversation... You know, went on for about three months and all of a sudden they just stopped talking to me and then all of a sudden the Facebook group that they had had the exact same themes on the exact same days that we've got now they're, right. uh, you know hey good luck to them um, you know I know what we've created I know that we've done it very organically and all that sort of stuff um, and at some point in time when it's right we may go into the whole live networking scenario um, but we're looking to do it in a way that is really meaningful and so the timing timing has to be right um, you know I've gone down a slightly different track and we're looking at having the better small business school which is kind of uh, an electronic version of a BNI type group where you know that small business owners the authorities put up some information and, and, and some education and help educate you know their prospects um, and and that way build relationships through that education and that's really what the better small business school is all about yes yeah, so uh, we'll talk talk about the Brisbane uh, the Brisbane small business school uh, now it's certainly you've you found uh, experts that want to contribute uh, to the forums uh, and contribute in the way uh, the videos that have been done up uh, articulating a presentation very uh, can be very very helpful uh, what sort of traction has that sort of got so far in your opinion what do you think it, you're achieving what you're setting out to achieve at the moment um, we're on path but we're not on well, we're kind of on track but not <laughs> it's the short answer we have had a bit of a hiccup um, but I was doing a bit of research in relation to that and when Dell first went to uh, go completely online with all of their computing and all that sort of stuff. Fifteen years of development into led to the point where they were, where they had their launch, and then crickets. Their systems didn't work, and I feel a little bit like that. It wasn't quite fifteen years of development in our case, but we haven't had everything lined up and integrated. I've just recently changed IT um, 
partners that are helping me do the integration and everything. And so a lot will happen over the next couple of months to really get that back on track. And at that stage, then we'll really be pushing and, and promoting this business. It is working as it as it is, and we're finding that you know that learner members are getting in there and and looking around the different subjects that are there Um, but we haven't been advertising it as strongly because I'm not as comfortable with the look and the feel of it at the moment Um, and I needed to make sure that you know it's something that I can be truly proud of uh, that, that we're doing that. We're trying to get the, the authorities to engage, as you know, uh, and, and I know a lot of them are doing business with each other already anyway, so that's great, um, but it really does need to go to that online version and, and get that working, and that's, that is happening, but there's a lot of work happening in the background still, so you'll see a lot more very soon. Excellent. Look, Certainly look forward to how that develops, uh, Kevin, no doubt about that. The general, I guess the general forums and how people sort of interact in those forums currently, you quite often see, okay, somebody's got a problem and they said, like, oh, can somebody help me? And, yeah, you, see, and this, you see a lot of people lot of stuff, yeah. wanting to help straight away. Um, sometimes you see some, some pretty good advice or some examples where people have, uh, okay, this is my experience, this is my experience, um, yeah, here's this- what I would do. So how do you police, what's the best way to, I mean, you're letting it sort of go mainly, and obviously you've got rules and regulations, but do you like how it's sort of going? So on the Facebook group, okay, so there's two things. There's the school. Yeah, I'm talking about which the forums is the thing. and yeah, um, general. Yeah, but in the Facebook group yep. and in that community, so yep. that's that's separate from the school. Yep. And in that community, we do kind of let it go. We kind of let the cream rise to the top there. Um, and that was one of the reasons that we created the school in the first place because I saw that the quality of information wasn't always awesome. You know, people would ask for tax advice and then people would go, oh, this is what I reckon you should do. And they'll give something that is completely illegal and wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then that will be discussed generally in that forum. Um, the school, though, it's where basically everyone that's an authority is an authority in that that particular field in their field and we we discourage them from commenting on other areas so in the facebook group which is a free group absolutely you get the money you pay for you get the value you pay for in a sense there however um we do believe that you know and from time to time i'll see stuff that you know isn't quite right and i go hey somebody's asked a legal question here can you make sure if you're not a qualified you're not qualified professional in that area that you're answering you know stop giving opinions and can we get to the heart of the matter and then we do find that stuff turns up yeah yeah which is pretty cool yeah no i do uh feel I guess honored to be that you selected uh, confidential tax and business services as a as an authority on you know because we've got a self-managed super fund division here at confidential tax uh, so I do thank you very much for allowing uh, your platform you know in order to be able to tell the story about what you know is a self-managed super fund right for you so um, I think that was a very good uh, that we could that you gave us that opportunity uh, and certainly we've used um, some of that information and presentation uh, when we've spoken to uh, and you know new clients in this space, hasn't been too many new clients um, that are self-managed super funds. That's that, that's the nature of the beast at the moment. You're sort of going well, through stages. I actually think it's a great opportunity in the self-managed super fund area yeah, because, particularly with this whole banking royal commission, we're all worried about <clears> what financial planners are doing and banks are doing and this and that and the next thing. And I actually see that it's going to be a rise. And having the you know is it right for you is a great topic from the point of view that people can have a look at that and they'll get a bit of a feeling for for how confidential tax and business services are going to look after them and that's really what the whole forum is about that that's what the school is all about is to go hey can i have a little bit of a taste of what it's going to be like working with you before i even jump into it and so and that's the beauty of the that's the beauty of what we're trying to create there so with the with the with the school, I mean, how many people would actually be members of the school at the moment? Uh, at the moment, we've got around two hundred members of the school. Okay, um, you know, there's there's not a there's not a huge engagement right now. But as I said, it's something that we're refining, we're fixing, and the and and as we get everything more integrated, mm. then we'll really be pushing it out again. Mm. Now you wrote a book a, a couple of years ago. Um, uh, 
business mojo? What was it? Was I did finding your business mojo. Yeah, it tells a little bit about my story. The good news is everyone knows that I survived at the end. So, but it talks. It does talk about how to regain your business confidence and how, you know a lot of us. You know, as I said, are out there and and sometimes looking over our shoulder, thinking, "Hey, you know, do I really deserve to have my own business? Can do I deserve that success?" And how to find a business that you love, how to find and create a business that you truly love working in and that you love your clients. That's one of my major themes in my, you know, my life and that I try and help my clients with is to actually love their business and love their life. Okay. There's no point having an awesome business that's producing lots and lots of money and you absolutely hating going into the office every day. It doesn't create a great life at all. And so it really is about making sure that the business that you've got, you're attracting clients that you like to work with through the messaging that you're putting out and creating the right culture within your business. So it, it is, it's about you know, not making your business about you, but making it about the sweet spot of what your clients are looking for and what you love doing at the same time. Mm. And obviously people uh, can be happier or get more out of their businesses it's everybody's different, but um, I've always found that if you need to have it, you need to be able to push yourself a little bit in order to enjoy it. Absolutely, you know, I'm I'm never suggesting that every day should be a you know bunkle a barrel of monkeys and all that sort of stuff. You know, not every day is going to be fun and laughter and all that sort of stuff. Some days are going to be damn hard work, but at the end of the day. It's the journey that you need to look at, and over a longer period of time, if you if, if if you're getting less and less enjoyment from that journey, then it really is time to look at is this still the right business for you? And I've I've had clients that I've you know sat there and said, hey, is this really what you feel is what you want to do? Is you know would you be better yeah. you know going back into the corporate world mm. because you're awesome at that too, and you could earn more money there than what you're doing. You know, working hard here. So it's it really is about making sure, you know, my philosophy is making sure that, you know, people are in the right business for them. And, you know, you know I speak to you and I know how much you love helping people through yes. helping them with their tax. Yeah. And I know how much you enjoy the numbers side of it, you know. <laughs> I, I, I got a bit stir crazy at that over a period of time. <laughs> um, but, I, but I see the enjoyment that you get from solving some of those challenges and those problems and helping your clients. And, you know, Whereas other people, if it was me, for instance, I get frustrated by all of the uh, the compliance all of the time, and so you know I, I like solving problems in a creative way, yes. which you can't always do being an accountant. So mm. creative um, accounting, there, there's there's too many rules around it, and so that would frustrate the crap out of me. So it would be the wrong business for me. Mm. But you you love mm. it, and that's where I know that. Yeah, one thing I do like, um, <coughs> Kevin, and I think it's probably been a feature for maybe a while. Um, I love those two-minute things you do out in the backyard. They, that's uh, I've been watching that. For, you know, I get most of those. Probably watch at least three three of those a week. Um, they're quite interesting. There's always a bit of a tidbit and a bit of advice. Um, I mean, coming up with new stuff to say for that does that get hard to do or? Uh, no and yes. I've got to say, I've just made it a habit. Yeah. Right? So this is the last thing I do before I head off into work. And so it, it, it's, you know, good business is based on good habits. We all know that. And so it's really funny how I was terrified about getting up in front of the camera and not many people know that. They go, oh, look, you look really natural and you're comfortable and all that. And I, you know, on a regular basis, I'm going, well, why, why should I be, why should people listen to me? And, you know, I don't try and tell people what to do. What I try and get everyone to do is to at least think about something and think about something differently. And imagine if we could just stand back and look at our situation, but look at it from a different viewpoint. And if I can get people to do that occasionally, then I know that I'm doing an awesome job with that. And I get so much feedback around that. I get feedback around the shirts that I wear as well. Um, I can- <laughs> I get feedback about, you know, hey, it's really lovely that you're not telling us you must do blah because nobody has to do anything. It's your own business. But at the end of the day, if I can get you to think about your business differently and that helps you fix some little headache that you had in your business, that's awesome. And I've done it, you know, and and that's what I love about it is that, you know, but it is challenging from time to time. I, I tend to run with themes for weeks. Mm. Um, and you know, and look at well, that, that kind of that's a, a good this. way of getting new stuff 
coming out, I guess, is thinking, okay, well, here's a theme. Let's talk about three or four different things about this topic. Or yeah, and sometimes hmm. I find that I'll be talking to my clients and the same thing will keep coming up. Yeah, so yeah, then yeah. next week I'll start talking about, hey, I was talking to someone the other day. Yeah. So it's, it's experiences of clients certainly will help help generate those those snippets for sure that's that's really absolutely good. look a little confession here if i say just the other day this happened it could be anywhere from yesterday to about 15 years ago yeah. but look let's not worry about no, that so much no, no, fair <laughs> enough um now you, that book you wrote so do you think you got another book in you after the, after that one oh, absolutely look i'm i'm working on that i'm i'm refining the concept of my next book Am I allowed to swear in this? Because yes, it's explicit. Uh, cool, awesome. Because next book's going to be We're Not Here to Fuck Spiders. Because so <laughs> many of us in small business uh, end up running around in circles, right? Uh, and we, we, like we forget what we're in business for. And so, you know, it's a common Australian expression, you know, to be we're not here to waste our time. And, you know, and, and that's really what I feel about small business. And there is a process to growth. And in this book, we're going to talk about what the natural process for growing your business is. Yeah, I mean, I think you spoke uh, in your in your first book. You, there's certainly a bit about mindset, very much um, mindset, and uh, yeah, obviously EI or emotional intelligence, as you call it, as that's being coined. Um, so I think mindset's important, and you know, I think reading that book certainly, if you read it properly, you definitely get something that's going to help you. Uh, mental health I think as well and you might not think that reading your book but that's what I think yeah absolutely that's what I think uh, is a byproduct of reading that book is that if you're if that mental health is struggling a little bit then here's some tools to sort of get you in a better better frame of mind yeah it's it's just a simple process okay um, to to help you refocus re-energize you know recommit <clears throat> to what you want to do and that's that's very much what the first book is about is about you know how can we how can we put ourselves back in that in that you know in, in the frame to uh go out and you know and if and if you're feeling like you've got to fight a new day how can we put ourselves in the right framework to do that until we're going back out to loving the next day mm. uh and and doing that and it's really a process of mm. you know Focusing on the big picture, creating a framework, and then you know keeping accountable to what you said you were just going to do, and and you know doing the analysis to make sure mm. that you're constantly getting better at what you're doing, and it is just a simple process. I, I do think I need a I need to share a, a contact with you too. Um, I'll, I'll probably talk about it at the end of the the podcast, but I think just on, on what you've written in that book and what these people do in careers um, and mental health, I think there's there's something there that that uh, yeah, I'd love you, to have you could, a be, you could uh, talk to those guys are really good very good people too um, and they've got a only really started their business about 15 months ago yeah um, or, you know from four of them got together and they seem to work really really well together it's just it's quite inter- it's quite extraordinary that uh, that happens but you know if you get the right sort of people in the right sort of room together it is um, and that synergy know, can be fantastic yeah, definitely. So, um, shout out to Career Development Centre. Um, yeah. So, the I guess what other people do you sort of look up to in your life at different times, or even at, at, as we speak here today, who have had an influence over your life that that who you respect, uh, who you look up to, who you've got something out of. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, everyone you meet, and that's a really you know, basic way. I, I find that um, a lot of times when you when you look at the superheroes, you know, quite often, you know, I'll go, hey, that's really cool, and then I'll see some, I'll, I'll see, you know, a dark patch, or I'll see something I don't like, and then I'll go, oh, I don't like that person anymore, and which is really bad. Instead yeah, okay. of, you know, I've, I'm, I'm growing up and I stopped doing that quite so much now. <laughs> but, you know, it's I used to focus on a that negative thing going, so patch. that whole person was bad rather than going, hey, look at these wonderful attributes and look at the cool stuff that they were able to create from doing this mm-hmm. and just shelving that byproduct. And, of course, you know, you know the superheroes like your, you know, your, your Steve Jobs and your Elon Musk and all, they have those dark patches um, that are there for sure. Um, 
you know, I also like people closer to home, you know, very much people like yeah, Andrew Griffiths, you know, Nick Bowditch I'm quite involved with and he's, yeah. you know, great inspiration. Um, he's completely changed the direction of his career. <coughs> I mean, Nick, uh, Nick Bowditch, just for the listeners, he's uh, had, had a... Uh, actually used to work for Facebook, didn't he? Yeah, he's the only guy in the Southern Hemisphere to have worked in the marketing departments for both Facebook and also Twitter. Mm. So he actually was the first small business consultant that uh, Facebook had and he would, you know, they saw what he had done with his business and he went along, was a bit of a character and they said, hey, could you teach other people to do that? He said, sure. And, uh, and, and that's how he got a job with them. He worked for them for, I think it was three or four years, maybe even be a bit longer. And then he went off and worked for Twitter for another three years as well. So, um, yeah, I still don't get Twitter. So if you don't get all social media, you don't have to worry about that. No, I mean, obviously <laughs> Facebook is where you've really made, made it uh, when it comes to social media. Um, yeah. What do you have? What about Instagram? Do you? Have I don't a- get it. I've, look, I'll just be honest. I'm mm. I'm a really simple guy, and mm. and for a long time I didn't get Facebook. Yep. You know, we talked about the group having six thousand people. Yes. Now it's four and a half years old. Mm. It took me ten months to get a hundred followers in the group or a hundred members of the group, right? So we're getting hardly. You know, I can remember in the eleventh month we had twenty people let in, and I was doing the happy dance. You know, and, and then we went through a phase where, you know, hey, if we weren't getting 50 new members a week, I was getting really frustrated with myself. You know, <laughs> I no longer focus on the number of members as a core measure. No, I focus the on the engagement that we have as yeah, our exactly. core measure, and that's really what I'm looking for. Yeah. Would I love to have 20,000 members? Absolutely. You know, that would be fantastic it'd be, be, because we'd be helping more people. Mm. And that's really, for me, what it's all about is how can we help more people? So what do you think was the the key thing that said, okay, we, we went from flatlining membership pretty reasonably low to when you compare it to now? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, bang, what was, what was, the, what was the firecracker? Oh, funny story. So we'd got to, um, basically we had about 300 members, maybe, maybe more. Um, and I also at the time was trying to create Brisbane Small Business in, on Facebook uh, we we're creating a LinkedIn group as well, and we we're creating uh, meetups. And I'd invited all of the, the, there should have been 600 people throughout the three different areas. And I invited everyone yeah. for what, Financial New Year's number? Eve drinks, yeah. right? I invited everyone for Financial New Year's Eve drinks. Uh, and, uh, and we went down to the Waterloo Hotel and I said, I'll even buy everyone that shows up by the first 50 people a beer. Only 20 people showed up and I was devastated. Why? Hey, I couldn't even bribe people to come and have beer with me. This is pretty bad. And I got really frustrated with it. And I was actually flying down to Sydney the day after to go to a digital marketing conference. And, and I put up a post just before I got on the plane. Look, I, I'm just so frustrated. I don't know how to get why aren't people engaging and coming together? And I'm really frustrated. What if we had a conference, right? And then I, when I, by the time I got off the plane, and we're still in the Facebook group, we still didn't have a huge membership base. Um, but all of a sudden, we had, you know, there was 30 people had started commenting. And back then, that was a huge number yeah. for us. Yeah. And I went, for hey, this top, is really yeah. cool. And then I, you know, and this is about 11 o'clock at night. And I started looking and reading what people were having. And then I went to sleep. And then I woke up the next morning. It was still early. But all of a sudden, there were 60 people had commented on this thing. And, you know, I've got to say, there was really funny comments. We were trying to have a small business uh, expo. And... And people were talking about doing pony rides and face painting and jujitsu exhibitions and all. And I said, hey, guys, this is a business thing that we're trying to create. We're not trying to create a family fun day. You know, it's, yeah. I appreciate where you're going, but yeah. we've got to worry we're about insurance. Network, yeah. We've got to do that. And we want to keep a business focus to it. Yeah. In the end, we did end up doing that particular expo uh, within only five months later. And in that time, we went from having about 300 members in the Facebook group to 1,100 members in the Facebook group. Um, we had some people come and do presentations and uh, for us uh, for for that particular event. And I can remember one of them said, oh, Kevin's a Facebooker. And I went, I'm not a Facebooker. I don't take pictures of food. And I was really offended. Yeah. And, and my partner, Melissa, she said to me, Kevin, you've got a group of 1,100 people on Facebook. I think you've got to admit you're a Facebooker, right? Whether or not you're like, and so I, yeah. yeah, so I kind of dropped the, you know, I'm going to have a, you know, this is a bad thing. and went, hey, I'm a Facebooker. 
Yeah, and that's what I get. You know, I do do stuff on LinkedIn and I've got quite a big LinkedIn following as well, but I actually enjoy my time on Facebook a bit more because because Facebook is social media for dummies. It brings everything to you mm-hmm. and it lets you know the friends that you are and it puts them in your feed and it does all that and it does all that nice stuff. Whereas I tried to go on Twitter and I just I yeah. just don't get it. Yeah, you know? I mean, Twitter's really... It's, it's, it's about news, isn't it? It's about... Um it's really a news source these yeah. days. I mean, if you want to find out about what's going on in the world news-wise, follow a couple of people. Follow Trump if you have to. I don't care. You know, he, he says a lot of garbage and shit. It's all, it's all on Twitter. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what that's all about. There's not, and people just yeah. have wars on Twitter when it comes. It's it's probably you, you see that you, obviously you would have seen a lot of wars. Uh, when it comes to you know Facebook and you, someone opens up a topic and all of a sudden you, you hopefully stay away from that but that it's well, there we actually we actually encourage people to disagree politely but not to get personal with each other there's more than but one you, way you to see solve a, lot a of, problem you, you see a lot of personal crap on Facebook as well yeah obviously oh, that, and, and it's like that on Twitter as well it yeah. can get like that when it, you know commenting about you know somebody's new story like Kanye did this and then all of a sudden people slamming a million people slamming the celebrity. Yeah, it's, it's all about celebrities, and I don't, news, and I don't people get that slamming point. him, and that's yeah. that's that's the Twitter. I don't like that aspect of it. I just like finding out what, yeah, finding out what are they saying, what what are the, what's the news, and is it bullshit or not? <laughs> At the end of the day, Instagram. It's I've been doing a lot more Instagram over the last twelve months, Kevin, and what I've what I've sort of seen is um, that's. That can get quite addictive a little bit as well, believe it or not. If you once you start getting in there and start of putting a bit of understanding behind what actually why people use Instagram, you say, well, okay, well they're getting followers, they're getting people, they're sharing a picture of this or they're putting a video up. Um, you can see why you know you, you start to follow a few interesting people and you yep. say well wonder what they're going to do next what you know so okay so you start to follow someone's journey more so than just it, it, an it's, it's a lot more thing. pictorial it's a bit more pictorial than say twitter yeah um but there's not there's not as much provision there for commenting on crap you can yep. it's, it's a lot of people liking posts yeah it's, it's a like fest it's a like it's fest a rather fest. than a commentary and yeah there's a bit there is commentary but it's people are there just love it and yeah follow people Oh, share something. Share this. Yep. You know, it's all about sharing shit. Yep. Um, so that's where that. That's why that's probably taken off. Um, uh, what one thing you've done in your business, uh, Kevin, and we've done it here as well, is um, is outsourcing. Tell us a bit of how you first got into outsourcing. Um, it was almost by accident. I've got to be honest. Um, I was looking to get a bit of admin support, and I was in a a, a small little mastermind group, and uh, and something came up about it, and I said, "So where do you find these people?" And someone said, "I can find you one," and they, you know, basically they did. They found me someone. Um, you know, outsourcing something that uh, you can do really well or you can do really poorly. I think I've done both at different times and I think at the moment I'm somewhere in between would be the, would be the true story of that. Um, it really is about making sure that you're getting the right person for the right job and Definitely. you know and I find it funny how people can get really emotional about oh but how can you send something send a job offshore? And uh, I used to ask people back when we had a car manufacturing industry here in Australia, say, so can you just tell me what car you drive? And they go, what do you mean? I'd say, well, just humour me. And invariably it wasn't an Australia-made car. And I said, so if we all carry on like this, there's going to be no manufacturing of cars here in Australia. And they said, yeah, but that's different. And I said, why is that different? They said, well, we don't make cars well. Mm. And I said, okay. So are you saying we don't make them well or we don't make them cost effectively? Because we make awesome cars. And they go, hmm. And I go, well, you know, I'm, at, I'm trying to help lots of small business owners. And if I had to employ someone full time to help me do that, I couldn't afford the resources that I'm buying offshore. And so I'd prefer to help more people and do it this way. I believe I'm doing more for the Australian economy that way than if I didn't have that help because then I just wouldn't be able to do... Brisbane Small Business wouldn't exist today, as mm. an example. And uh, 
And eventually they would go, okay, well, let's just disagree on that. And I'm not after everyone to agree with me. Um, but at the end of the day, this is my only cost-effective way of running that particular group and being able to do it. And so uh, the outsourcing question for me is, if you can uh, define your role or the job that you want done well enough that you can train someone offshore to do it and, and that yeah, that can be delivered it. well, yeah. then that's then that's fine. Mm. Um, for other people, they go, yeah, but I don't want to do that. And that's okay. If they don't want to do that, that's still that that's cool too. Mm. Yeah, I've got no stress about that. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Um, uh, the Valley Chamber of Commerce, I know you've come to a few events. What do you think of the Valley Chamber of Commerce and what do you think of the whole Valley, con- you know, I think it's pretty awesome. Um, the events that I've been to are more like a party than a business networking event, which is you know great and scary from time to time. Uh, it seems that so many of the people that have been there, have been members of years, do know each other. But at the same time, it is quite welcoming uh, to new members, so that's fantastic too. Um, it's it's just a matter of you know uh, the style of person you are and and can you. You know, do you get business out of that? Do you uh, are you looking to go there for the social engagement? And it's a bit of both, and and that's where it is a really great great concept. And they, I've got to say, they do sensationally. Mm. They've got an awesome. It's become an awesome force. Definitely <laughs> its, an awesome force. Uh, very vibrant as well, as yeah. you know. Um, and you know, basically, the it, it encompasses all those inner suburbs of uh, Brisbane. And I guess you've been in Brisbane here now since nineteen ninety nine. 1996. Sorry, 1996. 1996. So we're talking 22, 23 years. Um, Is Brisbane going to be your home? Do you reckon for the rest of your life? Yeah, look, it is. But I'm still not going to support the 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 Queensland Maroons. So there's no way. I'm I'm, I'm (laughs) lose through and through. I can understand that. Look, I'm really sorry, and and I do get a lot of crap put on me for that. but I'm just sorry. That's just how I am. I do support the Reds. Strangely enough, if you're going to support a major rugby team and, and league team, you'd swap them around and support yeah. the Maroons and you'd support the you know the 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 Waratahs. But I don't. I support them. I support the losers. I'm a bit like that. <laughs> Cronulla Sharks as well. So you know, where can I go? Um, <laughs> and the Australian cricket team. Let's just keep adding no, them up. Yeah, well, Australian <laughs> cricket team. <we're... laughs> They're an interesting um, but case. yeah, no. Look, I'm 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 here in Brisbane to say. Yeah, no. So, and what do you like most about Brisbane? I mean, what what do you think is makes this a, a good uh, economic climate for for people to do business in? Because you obviously you deal with yeah. small businesses, micro businesses. What makes it good for that type of business to do business here in Brisbane? Uh, look, I think one of the things that makes that that does make Brisbane uh, very much has come of age. When I first came here. You know, 22 years ago, it was very much run by an old school network almost. But these days, that uh, particularly in the in in the worlds that I'm in, has kind of dissipated. It's you know, people don't people no longer ask, oh, what school did you go to, or do anything like that. No, they don't. Um, you know, that used to be a really common question uh, that was asked all the time. Um, the reason I, I think Brisbane still has so much potential, um, with the fact that it's geographically quite diverse, um, you know. If, if you compared uh, Brisbane to a, you know, Sydney's massive because they've got so many people, but Brisbane, the, the centre of the city is so small and business is spread out right throughout its suburbs. Mm. And with that, it creates great opportunities for, for people to, to do business locally, uh, which is fantastic. And yet we're still not confined to we have to do business locally. And so there's so many ways that uh, we can get there. It's still a very friendly environment. Um, it doesn't feel like a uh, like it hasn't lost its personality in all the years that I've been here. Um, you know, one of the things, if anything, it's kind of embraced being very social and gregarious and very outgoing. We still shut down between Christmas and New Year. Mm. Uh, and for half of January, for half of, <laughs> of yes. the workforce, whereas Sydney very much not. They hey, the public holidays are shut down. You know they'll even have staff working in between and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, whereas hey, we're a little bit closer to the equator and we we embrace summer like there's no tomorrow, and I love that about it. Yeah, definitely. Now one of your passions is going to the races. Um, so when you, tell us about how you first got into that. Um 
you know, I guess as something that re- you're really interested in? Does it go back to when you were a kid or...? No, it comes back to not long after I moved to Brisbane. Uh, mates would drag me along to the races and I know, knowing nothing about the horses, I used to just give them money to place bets, bets yeah. and as, as a group and they would lose all my money. And I got sick and tired of that, so I started learning that. And, and of course, <laughs> you know, it was a great social yeah. environment and all that mm. sort of stuff, so it gave me somewhere to go and all that sort of stuff as well, and that, and that was fantastic. So... Speaking of just the other week, we did have a little win with 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 a group of mine. We all put five dollars in. You know, huge huge betters all of us these days. Um, we put a whole five dollars in to bet on a little trifecta in first four. And in the first race, we won the trifecta in first four, and that was pretty cool. We got a whole ten percent extra back, so we had thirty three dollars for our thirty dollar bet. In the second race, another couple had come along and they gave us another $5. So I chipped up and we had $40, right? And we put a little trifecta and first four in. We had 25% of the trifecta. That paid $1,400, right? So that was so our, our, our 25% got a quarter of that. The first four paid $20,000. So we all ended up splitting four and a half grand between us. Oh, yeah. That was bloody awesome. So, yeah, so this is what I love about the races. You can have days like that and, you know, and I've got friends that have been really long-time friends. My best friends go to the races. We don't go every single week, mm. but, you know, it's, it's just how we communicate with each other in that it's another passion we live in hendra so we've got friends in the area as we're walking our dogs we'll stop and chat with some of the trainers and that sort of stuff from time to time mm. yeah we love it no it's definitely a good way of life if you, you certainly get into that that particular hobby and uh you obviously you, you know you look at your calendar you're circling events i'm sure oh someone we're even going off to ascot uh, to Royal Ascot in England uh, in the middle of the year. So we're going off just around the race days. Now, one of my mates over in England has his birthday only the week before. So we're going the week before and we're staying another week after. So that'll be an awesome three-week holiday. Definitely, and racing is a central theme as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, what 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 do you think? Do you think there's um, much of a gambling problem out there when it comes to uh, you know the racing industry and, and people betting on that sort of thing or what do you think um, look I can't really comment on that um, only my own situation <laughs> so um, and it's, as long as people keep it contained and, and, and it's a self-discipline thing yeah. you know, nobody can turn around and Unfortunately, people want to turn around and blame everybody else mm. for their own problems. And I think we've got to stop doing that. And we've yep. got to start saying, hey, if I've got a gambling problem, and even if it's an addiction, I need to do, I need to take measures to stop that. Yep. Yep. You know? If we've got any other addiction, we mm. need to take our own personal, mm. we need to, hey, I have this problem. Mm. Um, so is there a problem? I, I think it's probably more prevalent than... Uh, I'm completely comfortable with. Mm. Uh, with you can bet on absolutely everything. Yeah, you then can. it does. You know, it's, mm. you can bet on. You know, is someone going to bowl and no ball the next ball? I mean, that yeah. sort of stuff is ridiculous. Um, you know, in my view. But hey, if somebody's enjoying it, you know, if well, yeah, it doesn't you hurt can, them, you can it's bet on things game. like what happens in a fake wrestling match. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, they do. That's I don't know how they crazy, can yeah, do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, def- um, where was I going to go next? Uh, yeah, so um, Melbourne Cup Day, that's obviously another big day. Uh, it is. I kind of treat it like it's my birthday. So, you know, we have the day off. We, yep. you know, we do have a, we do generally we'll go to the track, although we don't always. Uh, my partner, Melissa, her birthday is around that time of year. In fact, she was born on Melbourne Cup Day. Mm. Uh, her father was also a jockey. He, he broke his ankle, so couldn't go to the hospital where she was, and so she made the paper on a, you know, for a very, for her birthday. She made the newspaper when she was one day old. Um, so that was pretty big news. So it was quite interesting. So we always do have a bit of a party. It's always around Melissa's birthday. So you know, it's a bit special for us for for that reason too. Yeah. So I mean, with networking itself, I mean, is that something you've sort of. Uh, been a part of for, for most of your adult life or is that something you sort of got more into over the last uh, since you've been in Brisbane it has been very much more so when I'm in Brisbane uh, from from my time in Brisbane uh, it's been something that I've drifted in and out of uh, in uh, how my my physical networking um, and I drift between online and physical networking and try and complement the two um, is is what I'm very passionate about uh, because I, I believe that you know awesome relationships can start anywhere 
You know, sometimes they will start at a breakfast or they may start at a valley chamber or you're at a pub. Uh, you know, hey, an awesome relationship can just start at a regular pub. Um, it could be a mate of a mate. We, don't, we never know where these relationships are going to start. And if we could start, I'm very passionate about getting people to use social media to be social. And if you're using it for business, remember to still be social. You can still talk about your business and be social, but drop the selling stuff. Mm. You know, people who are great networkers aren't walking into, you know, physical networking events, aren't, aren't walking to, you know, the Valley Chamber of Commerce going, hey, come and buy my stuff. You know, they're not shouting that as they walk in the door. But when people get to social media and they see that, hey, there's this, you know, there's this event or there's this group, they feel like they've got to walk in and the very first thing is, come and buy my stuff. And it just turns people off straight away. Mm, um, and that's why, yeah, in our group, we have no advertising. You know, we do let people buy premium memberships and do some ads on the weekend, but we don't let them advertise on a daily basis and just go buy my stuff. Uh, we encourage them to talk about uh, to help others uh, in doing what they do and help them understand that, but without the big sales pitch. Yeah. Um, do you use email much these days? Is that something you get? Do you get lots of emails? Do you? How do you deal with e- emails? I get way too many emails. Um, I, although I still love emails. Everyone, everyone keeps trying to talk about all the all the techie guys keep trying to talk about the death of emails and it can't come soon enough. For me, <laughs> I get email. Right? It's it's like Facebook. I get Facebook. I get email. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a bit slow at picking up new stuff. You know, when I when I get on things like Slack and 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 stuff, I just lose what's happening and I lose the train of it. And a lot of people feel like that with Facebook. Although I've worked out that you know I can still then send a message to someone, which is kind of like email for Facebook. And so I'm and so I'm happy with that. So yeah. um, so then I can you know keep track of stuff. But I do like the fact that you know I want to talk one on one with someone. To me, email is the easiest way for me to do yeah, that. It's, it's, and it's odd, I'm pretty, Facebook Messenger is probably getting used more more than it used to for me. I don't know about you, but I'm getting yeah, pretty much so. about 10, 10 of those, 10 messages going back and forth a day, more prevalent than a, tech, a mobile text message. I mean, a mobile yeah. text message doesn't get used as much these days, really, but it's still a, got, a form of communication yeah, I find- as well. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I probably get a lot more messages than I do uh, text messages, like uh, mm. Facebook messages. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, people are using bots to market into Facebook mm. Messenger now, um, and they're finding that quite effective. I find when they're too intrusive and they, they do it poorly, uh, you know, hey, when, any, when anyone does anything poorly, we get a little bit offended. Mm. Um, but the thing that I really hate, I really hate uh, SMS marketing. I hate it. Especially if you don't know who it yeah, is. Yeah, if I don't know this person, I'm, I get really offended. Why are they sending me a text? Mm. You know, which is really weird. Yeah, definitely very weird. Um, and what about and, and the other thing that the, these sort of things can create, and the bots in particular, uh, the, the hackers are out there, aren't they? And uh, email scams, there's so many different types, staying on top of them. Have you had any experiences at all where you've been caught out cold with an email scam or I haven't yet which is really cool although mm. years ago I did do the wrong thing when I was buying through one of the um, book your holiday things and got oh, yeah. robbed through that but um, you know my own stupid fault uh, for doing what I did at the time yeah um, you know but yeah the the scammers are getting smarter and smarter and their emails are looking more and more like real emails uh, and so it is really important to be super vigilant and make sure that, mm. you know, the company that you think has sent that invoice has sent that invoice and all that sort of stuff. That's the most common one that yes. uh, is yeah, still yeah. out there. Um, and they, they're looking more and more like the real company all the time. You know, they used to be really easy to pick up on, uh, but they're getting smarter and smarter, which is unfortunate. Mm. Have you ever sort of uh, been a part of any service organisations before, like a Rotary or a Lions or anything like that, or any sort of other similar type service organisations? I haven't, and I know that you're very passionate about that, and you're involved in uh, your Apex and your... Um, is it just Apex? Or yeah, Apex. But yeah. yeah, obviously no people um, in Rotary. And, yeah. yeah, and I'm not... I kind of... I, I kind of feel like what I do for Brisbane Small Business is kind of yes, like yeah. being that yeah. um, because I do put a lot of money into that 
group and it's a community on, on service basis. and it really is we do focus on trying to put community stuff in there you know we do very much on a on a semi-regular basis put information in around mental health because it's something that i am passionate about um something that i'm concerned about um because small business owners it can be lonely and when an you know, particularly with so many people working from home and they're working from home alone, uh, if if you get in that negative spiral, it's very easy for that to go in, in the, you know, in the very wrong direction. And so that's, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about, you know, constantly, you know, just putting little reminders in there that, hey, you know, if you're not okay, please feel free to shout out. And I, I am always there for people. I guess one of the things to finish, the last few things to talk about, um, one of the things you were doing late last year, uh, grants for small businesses, you were involved in that process, I believe. Tell us a bit about that and what's what's likely to happen in 2019 for grants. Yeah, so I I just focus on, you know, one core grant. And I, my interest in that was purely self-interest. It was, um, there's the Entrepreneurs Grant. The Queensland Government are actually really passionate about trying to help small business. I was actually sitting, you know, being the founder of Brisbane Small Business, you know, I do get invited to uh, different political things from time to time. Yes, and I was yes. sitting in a, in, in a meeting recently uh, where we had the assistant treasurer and he was talking about, you know, if, if the government support big business to grow, what the big business tend to do is to put that into ways of bringing in efficiency so that they can sack a whole lot of people. So they've worked out that sending more money for big business to do that isn't good for the whole economy because all of a sudden a whole lot of people are unemployed. If they help small and medium businesses grow, then what happens is as they grow, even if they're bringing technology into it, they're still employing more people, which is fantastic. And it's improving the lifestyle of the business owners. And that's why there are so many different, uh, different grants to help small businesses grow. The digital grant is the hardest grant in the world to get. It is so super competitive. Um, and because it's a competitive grant and the government have, you know, $3 million or whatever to give away each round, when they get inundated with thousands, literally thousands and thousands of applications, they've got to say no to most of them. They, in fact, I, my calculations suggest that only about 20% of um of applicants get that grant. Mm -hmm. Whereas the entrepreneurs grant, they're telling me that about 70% of people are getting the entrepreneurs grant. Mm. Um, so if you've got a, a business or if you've created a new business, even if it's a new business name with your business, if you're looking for support pro to get professional support and the object of the entrepreneurs grant is to get professional, is to get small business owners to use professionals to get some professional advice in different areas you know to create a business plan to get coaching and mentoring you know even about strategic accounting advice um, and also strategic marketing advice it's for those particular things and it's kind of a little bit of a bribe to get the small business owner to start doing that so they can train them that using outsource professionals to help you grow your business is a cool thing to do and, and will really help you go ahead leaps and bounds and that's really what that, that particular grant's about. Um, I've got so passionate about it because I'm a coach and mentor and, and using that grant has helped me grow my business quite significantly. In, Definitely, I can see that. Yeah, in, in 2017, 18, that financial year, I actually had uh, 12 clients get that grant. And so it grew my business by $120,000. So, you know, in the last most recent round, uh, I actually had 18 uh, prospects come and say, hey, can you help me out with this grant? And, and can you, you know, can I do some work with you with that grant? And that's just in one round. So mm. there was 18 new clients that I've got out of that particular round. So that's why I'm so passionate about the grant. No. Um, and I'm passionate about, you know, helping those people to create business plans, to get them on their journey and to start helping them, you know, have their business take off. Mm, that's that's a really good story. Really good uh, ex recent example of uh, your really good work, other than what you obviously do with the you know Brisbane Small Business uh, Facebook page. So that's uh, that's excellent, Kevin. Um, 
Anything else I guess we want to tell the listeners at all today? We've just clicked over the hour mark, believe it or not. I think I think we've been really exhaustive. You've covered everything. I can't think of anything else. So, um, no, look, I think it's been fantastic. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And, I, you know, I know that you do look after, you know, that you really care about the community with all the work you do through Apex. And, I, I, you know, we see that regularly on your Facebook feed as well as getting invites to different events, which is fantastic. Um, and I'm really, really happy to be here and... and if anything I've said to help people out, that's fantastic. No, thank you very much, Kevin. That's uh, That's been really, really good to have you here on the podcast. We obviously, as I said at the start, we wanted uh, to get you on, and I think uh, it's going to be a very good podcast for, uh, for the listeners. Uh, and also, please make sure you share it to everybody that you know in your, in your Brisbane Support Business uh, Facebook uh, group. I think we can make this particular podcast the most listened to podcast. That's that's your aim. Um, you'd have to. All you have to do is beat forty downloads. So. Oh look, we can do that. <laughs> okay, so. I'll, I'll, I'll get the whole family onto it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's you go. It's the weekend coming up. Uh, thank you very much, listeners. Thank you very much, Kevin Gammy, uh, from Brisbane Small Business uh, Facebook page. Uh, great group and. Uh, He's an he's extraordinary, extraordinary guy. Thank you very much, Kevin, and have a good weekend, sir. Thank you, Tim. Valley Podcast. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time.